Hallelujah tonight. Praise the Lord. Welcome to another episode of the Word. This is the Bible study of the church at Oba, Lagos, Nigeria. We bring you greetings in the name of the Lord. And we trust that tonight will be a great time with the word. I'm so glad to be part of this fellowship of God tonight. You are most welcome in Jesus' name. Um, it's great again to continue the word. And I trust God to expand his word in our hearts. Please tonight I want to know if you can hear me clear and loud. Please kindly indicate that I'm being heard. Um, just indicate on the group that um, um, you can hear me so that I know that I'm being heard and that we can make progress. Let me know if it's clear from where you are and it's loud enough. Just let me know. Um, praise the Lord. So I'm waiting for your, uh, for someone or people to indicate that I'm being heard so we can go on with the word. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah tonight. I thank the Lord for the opportunity. Okay. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. All right. Um, a few people have already been indicating that they, they, they can hear me. Therefore, I want to thank you for joining in tonight. The Lord bless you. Um, for those of you who are not members of the church, that, uh, that you're listening to us, you're most welcome. We appreciate your ever faithful presence and follow, um, following of the word. Thank you so much. Um, I want to appreciate tonight Pastor Yinka for the beautiful flyer, e-flyer you designed. It's quite lovely. And I hope we've shared it with our loved ones and our friends so we can grow in the world and, um, and uh, mature. Uh, thank you, Brother uh, Emmanuel, all the media group, for Sunday, Brother Laulu. The Lord bless us all in Jesus' name. I hope you've been blessed all through this series and um, we will we'll continue. By the next class, I want us to look at the responsibility of the children in the home and the godly responsibility of dependence. Sometimes in our lives we, are, we depend on our, on our friends, on our independence. When you live with someone, you are practically somehow dependent on the person's benevolence to step up as a ladder to your next level in life. There are ways that God expects you to behave. Um, so we're looking at Christian dependence, um, and then we look at Christian children. Um, and when I talk about dependence, I also link that to Christian employees and Christian employers. What, what is God's expectation for you so that we can live peaceably? In the light of God. Hebrew says, follow peace with how many men? All men. And holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. 
you know, we can't break that. And everybody is wanting to see the Lord, but he has told us that we follow peace. So you must learn to follow peace with all men. And to follow peace, there are things you have to sacrifice. There are things you have to give up. There are things you have to give away for the peace of God to reign and prevail in the um, body of Christ. So we will examine these things so that people know exactly what God expects of them as a, as a Christian. You know, there are ways to behave. That's the relationship God described between um, Philemon and Onesiphorus. Alright. Um, uh, uh, so, we're examining that. Alright. Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus, you know, there's Onesiphorus in it. Hallelujah. So, we're going to look at that to be able to know. God has expectations. And once we follow God's expectations, there's always peace, love, and joy. Uh, the song is coming to my heart tonight. Uh, I, I stand amazed in your presence. There is hope, peace, and joy. You know that song? Yeah. When you start amazing His presence, it means you are following the word. If you don't obey the word, there can be peace and joy. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Ghost. So God expects us to live as his light bearers upon the earth today. Let us pray. Father, I thank you this evening. Thank you, Lord. We approach your word with all reverence. Lord, it is your word. You are the ultimate interpreter of your word. Lord, interpret your word to us tonight. Show us that we may live to fulfill that which you've called us to fulfill. Lord, anoint my tongue, bless my hearers. Cause your joy, your peace to reign in our homes. Let us be lights. Let's shine as your word refines, purifies, and washes us. Lord, tonight every death, every unclean thing is washed away. We come as clean by the word as you want us to be. According to the power of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, because tonight we are transformed to become like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let me start from where I stopped and I will continue tonight. And I, I want to force God to, to round off the thoughts on the husband. But we will not see it together. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we all, with an open face, we are beholding like in a mirror. You see, it's a daily process. You know, if a man is shaving, especially men like Romachi, Rotini, that leaves some beard, you know, it takes time to do the carving. That's what they use. You know, it takes time to go through the reading of the lines. It's it takes a longer time for someone who, I mean, it takes a longer time for someone who's doing that. I think that's one who is bagging Koreamolo or they call it Gurimapa, if you know what that means. If Koreamolo here, anybody can bag Koreamolo. Anybody can do, what is that? Uh-huh. She's saying Koreamolo, she's looking at me. No, Koreamolo is what we call it. Pastor Richard, you know that. Koreamapa, but then they call it skin. What is skin? It's Korea. Amen. Anybody can do it. 
But you know that nobody can bag himself punk. No. Or three steps. You can't. You need someone who's an expert. You see, if anyone wants to live an ordinary life, he doesn't need the help of God. But if you want to live a life that reflects the glory of God, you need the input of God in your life. We are not in a short race. We are in for a long time with the Lord. So we all, the way to make it through this life as believers is our daily and constant beholding of the Word. Now, you know, last time I was mentioning that you should, you should download um, audio Bible. No, yeah, it's good, but audio Bible will be of no benefit to you if you are not yet conversant with the written textual Bible. You cannot study God's Word with your audio Bible. You can only study God's Word when you read a textual paperback Bible. Hallelujah. So your audio Bible, um, what word do I use now, comes as an addendum. It's an accompaniment to that which you've read. Um, so I want you to know a few things about God. God wants you to shine. God wants you blessed. I can testify to this. God is faithful to me. And I'm sure He's faithful. He's willing to be faithful to you. There are some things that, that, that God has designed for you right now that is in someone's heart, but that you don't even know. You know, this evening I saw something in my heart. I just feel like sharing with someone. But the person doesn't know. That's God's provision. When you seek after God's kingdom and His righteousness, He will cause these things to be what? To be added. So I want to encourage you to seek after God and God's righteousness. It means God's own way of doing things. You see, Joshua 1, verse 8. God has promised Joshua through Moses in Deuteronomy 32, before Moses died. But when Moses died, Moses told Joshua what God has said. God had to come again and re- reinstate and reenact what Joshua said. I mean, Moses said to Joshua. But verse 8 is the clincher in that place. I want you to notice. Joshua 1 verse 8. It says, please, if you find me, please find me. Just read for us quickly this night. Joshua 1 verse 8. Hallelujah. Joshua 1 verse 8. I want to see the mind of God. You see, God has told us the principles. He has given us the laid down principles on how we can be blessed of Him in the kingdom. And it's, it's the 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 and God so did it that no one would claim ignorant. Everyone knows. It's obvious. The will of God. It's written in my head there. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Alright. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Go on. 
You shall meditate. That's why I keep saying to you every day. How often in one day do you meditate on the word? You are not doing me a favor as a pastor. But you are helping me in the work. You make my work easier. But ultimately you are doing yourself the highest favor. Because you are obeying God. You see one of the things that helped me to do some some great spiritual things. I take delight and pleasure in the fact that I am obeying God. That is my motivation. Say, thank you Lord, because I know I'm obeying you and I want to meditate. I want to pray. That's, it, it gives me spiritual vigor and strength. The fact that I'm obeying God. So when I give, I thank God I'm obeying God. When I pray, I thank you I'm obeying So obedience to God is, is one of them, my, 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 my motivation for, for, for doing God's commands. Please go on, ma'am. But thou shalt meditate every day and day night. And night. It means you cannot do what is there if you don't meditate. You see, meditation gets the word engraved in your heart. It is a meditation that you are transformed. No man can be transformed without deep meditation on God's word. So when you read the word, it comes through your eyes. When you now meditate on the word, it gets to your spirit and to your heart. Because it's true meditation that you can now do. It is the words in your heart that you do. Remember, he said, when the Holy Ghost has come, he will remind you of the things I have, what I have taught you. That means there is nothing he can remind you if there is nothing in your heart. So he reminds you of those things you've read. I told you a story of myself some years ago. Someone really provoked me on the express. I didn't do anything to him. I think I was in a car with someone that day. Maybe one of my staff. I think maybe one day or someone. We were going home one day. And the guy was with the girl and he carried a navy, one old Volvo. You know, this barrack boys that feels that. And there's a, um, a kuboko on the front, whip, horse whip. And belt, you know, just to scare people. So I was coming out of my office, I was going home that evening, this was like three, four years ago, and he began to. So he felt that I should allow him go. And those things, before he was going back to, I believe in the barracks. He didn't know. And I told him the story of his life. So those things don't scare me. So he began to go across on the road. I didn't even bother, I was just going. He wanted me to stop. So at the point that the traffic light, he stopped. He was planting, I didn't wind up. One of the things, and I, when I look at his old frame, it's the person that I can, you know, sometimes you don't know, I can if I, if I grab him, but you see, that spirit is no more there. So I just, I just, I just, I just had my spirit. The servant of the Lord must not strive. That's the first, first Timothy. I had it again, second time. The servant of the Lord must not strive. It is the word I had read earlier. I've read it several times. So it, 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 it was engraved in my spirit. And when the time for it to be, to be used came, the Holy Spirit found something in me to sell. He found a word that is relevant to that situation. 
So, when the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, it means as many as the Spirit of God will find His Word in them, because He can't lead you outside His Word. So, to be led by the Spirit, you must understand the Word of God. So, you cannot be a, a husband of the kingdom without the Word of God. So, tonight, I want us to start. Okay, we've started. Let's read First Peter chapter number 1. I want to read from verse 19. You know, one thing the Bible says is that we should learn to remind ourselves. You know, some people feel that there's only remind. Let's do some new things. There's nothing new under the heaven. The Bible says so. See, there's nothing new. Nothing. See, what was, what, what, what was is what is. And what is what to come. So there's nothing new. So Paul admonished Timothy, remind them. You see, if believers can only put to practice small of Bible, you know, that's why I tell people, stay with the word of God. John twenty thirty says the things that if we were to record everything that Jesus did, the Bible would not be enough to contain it. But the things that are written are written that we might believe that Jesus is a Christ. You know what I tell some people? Uh, some people argue that uh, there are many other books that should be in the Bible. Listen to me. If God wanted those books to be in the Bible, do you think man can remove it? No, I don't think so. You know how strong God is. If, if those things, okay now, those books are in the Catholic Bible, what difference has that made in Catholics in following the Spirit of God? Has it matured them? Has it turned them to be the kind of believers God wants them to be? There's Tobias, there's Maccabees, there's First Enoch, Second Enoch, there's Thomas, there's Barnabas. All of them are in the Catholic Bible. There's Azex, no, no, there's, there's books, I don't know. But has it changed them? So if, if God wanted those books to be in this in his holy canon, do you think men can remove it successfully? No, they can't. They can't. Somehow it will have found its way. In the written text that we have today. So let's leave all those things and focus on the word of God so we can grow. First Peter 1 19. I want to say this to you so you know where you are. Let me, you know, if you travel from here to South Africa. The moment you land at, at the airport, your mind changes. You become reconditioned. No one tells you. They will tell you, welcome to South Africa. Then you tell yourself, in your, no one will tell you, this is not Nigeria. Are you following me? That means you have changed territory. Friends, we have changed territory in Christ. We have a new rule. We have a new law. We have a new place. We have a new kingdom. Hebrews talks about the, the, the fathers. He said, for, 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 for they looked forward to a city. And they destroyed the bridges to the old one. Because there was no going back. And no mix. You know, someone asked me a question during the week. About um, our teachings. Of the um, the feast. Now she said to me, Pastor, um, if there were Egyptians with the Israelites, 
Would they have been saved? Oh, yes. In fact, church history has it that there were many Egyptians in the house of the Israelites that night. They were the ones that went with them and became mixed multitude. If you read the Old Covenant, you find that. That the ones that easily were, were remembering the cucumber, the garlic, because they are used to it, the, the corn and everything they were eating. So there were people there and they went, they trusted them. And they were the ones that were called the mixed multitude. When you cross to Christ, never listen to the mixed multitude idea. Who are the mixed multitudes? People who claim to be believers but are living like what? Unbelievers. People who don't follow the dictates of the word. Sometimes it can be a pastor. It can even be a bishop. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. So let's read this evening, 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Hallelujah. You see that? He was ordained before the walls were formed, but was manifest in these times for you. Revelation 13 verse 8 talks about Jesus, the Lamb of the Lamb that was slain before the final of the world. Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. So tonight, you see, your faith and hope for marriage is not in man. It's where? In God. Why? You have been redeemed not from things corruptible. So, I don't pattern. I don't see life like I said before. Praise God. I sit down in the prison. Do you know everybody sees life from, from the prison of his glasses? Do you know that those who have concave or convex lens don't see like normal man beings? They see things that close up. So you must learn to see life from the prison of what? Of the world, of your new birth, of your recreated spirit, of your, of your new kingdom. Hallelujah. We are in a new kingdom. 22 says, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. See that? In obeying what? The truth. Through the spirit unto unfailing love and the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You see, this word that gave birth to you, liveth and abideth forever. forever. That means it never ends. So it should be your guiding principle. It should be your light. Amen. It should lead you. You see, when you follow God's word in marriage, and I, I guarantee you, there will be peace. Now, let me start tonight by saying, and I have some ten points to share, which I want to share tonight. I'm going to finish it. I'll show you. And if I need a little more time, you give me. You see, God has no plan for single parenthood. Single parenthood is not in the plan of God. But you see, today, because of our unbelief and our, 
and our, our, and, 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 and our insistence in going our own ways. We, we believe everything the world says. We follow people. We copy people. You are not meant to copy unbelievers. You are meant to follow God's word. Let me show you this pattern. First Samuel chapter two, chapter two. Please read for me verses twelve and thirteen, quickly. First Samuel two, twelve and thirteen. Please, you can read for me. You are going to go very fast. First Samuel two, twelve and thirteen. Now, before she reads that scripture. The two characters here are the two most prominent prophets prior to the Davidic or, or, or Saul kingship. These were people that held on to God's word. They were so highly esteemed in Israel. But still happened. Read for me verse 17. Now the sons of Eli. Now the sons of Eli. Were sons of Belial. Hold on, that's a bad word. That word Belial is devil. That's why you find in in in, in First Corinthians chapter verse six and fourteen, say well, for what accord had Christ with Belial? So Belial is the devil. Imagine the priests of God being called sons of Belial. They were, oh my God. Praise God. That means not every priest, not every preacher is a son of God. Some are sons of what? Belial. And these are children of the, of the, of the most revered pro- prophets and priests of God. Go on, man. They knew not the Lord. They, they, so how did they become prophets and become priests? You know the reason? They are because they are children of the priests. Simple. Go on. And the priest's custom with the people was... That when any man offered sacrifice... It's okay. Don't read that. Go to verse 12. Go to verse 12 quickly. Sorry. No, sorry. 22. Verse 22. Verse 22. Now Eli was very old. Eli was very old. And heard all that the sons did unto all Israel. Yes. And how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the How they lay with the women that assembled at the door. So these two... Boys, Hophni and Phinehas, were sons of Belial. The sons of Belial, Hophni and Phinehas, sons of Eli, they slept with women in the temple. They, they, they didn't respect the offerings of the people. And they were the sons of the prophet. Turn with me to First Samuel 12. No, 8. First Samuel 8. Let's read from verses 1 to 3. Quickly, read for me. And it came to pass, it came to pass when, Samuel was old, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over he Israel. He made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel. And the name of his second, Abiah. Abiah. They were judges in Bathsheba. Bathsheba. And his sons walked not in his ways. The sons walked not in his ways. Now, that's what I'm going to. Now, hold on there. Do you see these two people? The same testimony. But one thing that caught my attention, the notice, there was no mention of their wives. Did you notice that? There was no mention of the wife of Eli or the wife of Samuel. That means something was dysfunctional. 
God didn't ordain that to be. So, I believe that one of the reasons these children were like that was because the input of their mother was not in their lives. Do you notice that? In 1st chapter 1, when the Bible introduced Elkanah, he introduced Elkanah and Hannah and Penina. Now, Penina, God's instruction in Genesis is that it must be one man, one woman. So, why did they marry more than one wife? Because of the hardness of their hearts. Jesus said that. That from the beginning it was not so. So, God does not approve of polygamy. So, before somebody says, Praise God, who at least. Um, David married more than one wife. Solomon married one thousand. Um, Elkanah married two. Me and I married. No, you cannot now in Christ. Jesus reaffirmed and reenacted Genesis chapter number um, two, twenty-four. That means in the New Testament, that is the law. Paul also finally reenacted it. So it's one man, one woman. So you find that Elkanah was mentioned with his wife, but where is the wife of Samuel? Where is the wife of Eli? Why did I say that? Told me to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. God doesn't want one person. So, never, you see, by the time you are thinking of fighting your wife or fighting your husband, never, always think that God does not, it will, it will come back to haunt you. Except God intervenes and takes care of, the, of those children. You know what God says? He said, I'm the father of the fatherless. He didn't say, I'm, I'm the father of the one that abandons the children. It's when the father dies that God takes up the role of being their father. So no one in the body of Christ must abandon his family. Do you know what that in the US? Men will just go home money, carry their bag and, and leave the house and go and stay around one. It's happening. And somehow some of them are in church. This is not in tandem with the principle of the world for those of us who have been redeemed and regenerated. Proverbs 1 verse 8. Are you there? Please read for me. My son, Hold on. Listen carefully. Yes, go on. My son. My son. Hear the instructions of thy father. Hold on. Hear the instructions of thy father. And forsake not the law of And forsake father. not the law of thy mother. That means the father gives you instruction, the mother reinforces that instruction and becomes a law. That means it's mothers that make the father's instruction become law. Because they are always with the children, like the Lord, will say that kukuku la rofa It means a dead person will be spoken to over and over and over and over again before he hears one. So the Bible says here, now you see, God is saying that the responsibility of taking care of the home is not on one parent; it's on who? Two parents. So anytime there's a a you are thinking of living. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are rebelling against God. Hear the instruction of your father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. So I presume the things that make these two people have this problem is because of the absence of their mothers. So. Why did I go this way tonight? God has the rule. No matter how anointed you are, if you flaunt it, there will be what? A repercussion. Let me say this to you tonight. Men of God who have who have been divorced, 
one of them broke the law of God. God, God has a way of, of forgiving people, but let no one blame them. One of them broke the law of God. Or one of them didn't obey when the Holy Ghost spoke. As I, I listened to a man of God, his name is Noel Jones. They were asking him, why was he divorced? Right now he's divorced. Right now he's not married. Many women in the church, they are flocking around him. I, 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 I saw people like pray for them because it's not easy. So women will come to cook for him. How can women come and cook for you and stay in your house and it's not, it's not done as a pastor? Pastors should draw the line, especially with women. It's women that he used to pull down David. Women he used to destroy something. Women he used to destroy Solomon. The same thing with women. Women to have side men. You know, people think that it's only men that have women. No, some when women have men outside. If I saw them in church, after service, they plan to go out and the husband's there. They'll just do eye, winky eye. And you think that the eye is teaching them. No. It's, it's, a thing that, it's, it's, it's a devilish act to destroy the church and destroy the homes. So women have men, extra men. You are, you are amazed. No, it's possible, it's true. So when you hear that thing, don't put it on men alone. No. Women also are also vulnerable in this, in, in this, in this area. So we must, we must understand the mind of God when it comes to these things. So I believe it's the absence of the mothers. Amen. Ephesians 6 verse 2 says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you, on, uh, well with you and that you may live long. So one of the ways to live long is to honor your father and your mother. But sometimes there are parents that are, that are out to destroy. It's obvious. In such instances, you need the wisdom of God to relate with them. Do your best to honor them. Do your best to reach out to them. Even when they are not reachable. Do everything you can. It's God's will. Honor them. But what I'm saying is, you see the word there, father and mother. See, as I, as I run tonight, because I'm, I'm on Russia's but I'm just taking time to teach you. So you, you know, you see, I, 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 sometimes if, if you don't know what God expects of you, you feel that everything goes. No, in the kingdom, not everything goes. In fact, sometimes when people speak some things against the word, it should, it should, it should, it should infuriate you in the spirit. You should not be comfortable when you hear people say things, all men are the same. No, tell them all men are not the same. Men in Christ are not, they will tell you, which men in Christ? They start pointing to you, men in here. You say, those ones, they, 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 you can't use them as a yastic. They are still faithful men. God will not live himself without a witness. And in that place, you are a witness. Tell them you are not like that. You see, one of the things the devil does, uh, let me move this evening quickly, is that he comes subtly. He comes to distort the word of God. Do you notice what he said to, to Eve in the garden? Had God really said. 
What the devil wants to do is to always counter. I, 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 I had a pastor friend where I was lived. He always used the word counter. You know. <laughs> he always want to, wants to counter God's word and make God's word look like a lie. Make God look unattractable. He said, has God really said? He says, no, the day you eat of this one, I'm saying, your eyes shall be open. It makes you feel that there's beauty out there. There's the, the real life, the real McCoy is in the world. No, the real McCoy is not in the world, though. It's actually in, the, in, in Christ. So what noise you use and talk to me that I won't say it. Or you're not even to me. I won't say that today. But the real living is in Christ. You won't know until you get out of the world. And when you get in the world, you're to be late. You'll have been injured. You see, nobody leaves the camp in the battlefront unsecured. Because if you attempt to break the camp, you will not make it back alive. So stay in the camp, stay in the rule. So he told him, as God listened, his aim is to distort the word of God. Joshua chapter 24, verses 2, verses 2 and 15. The initial, he said, he said, he said, he said, I've said before you today, life and death. Choose whom whom you will serve. The God of your fathers in the other side of the living God. But as for me and my house, we will follow God. I want to let you know, fathers and, and church, make that decision in your life. As for you and your family, you serve God. Proverbs 22, verse 28. It says, remove not the ancient landmark which the fathers have set. You see, in marriage, there's a landmark. And these are things we've been teaching in this season. When you follow it, there will be peace. He that keeps the law walks in light. He says, I am the light. I am the bread. I am the life. He that follows God's word will have bread. We have life. We have light. Let me say it again. Three things happen. He that keeps the word will have what? Bread, light, and life. Everything else outside this is a life from the devil. And he wants to destroy. For a comment for to kill, to steal, and destroy. Every suggestion that negates the Bible, the end game is to what? Is to destroy. That's what James said. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tender of God, for God tempts not with what with evil. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away in his own lust. And when lust is grown, it brings what sin. And when sin is fully matured, it brings what word death. So when lust is coming, the end game is what death. When that thing is coming to your heart, the end game is to cause restlessness. You must know and guide it. Don't fight your wife. Don't fight your husband. The purpose of that thought is to cause disunity and disharmony in the house. So tonight, in the next 20 minutes or so, I want to run through 10 points to summarize what I've said about the fathers in the last 3-4 weeks. And I want you to listen carefully. Oh, I pray that you listen carefully tonight and be doers of these things. The first thing I said is that marriage is God's beautiful idea 
and he made it good. Genesis 2, 15 to 18, Genesis 2, 23. Marriage is God's own idea. First point. Marriage is God's own idea. And he made it what? Good from the beginning. Therefore, God has a good plan for your marriage. Your wife is not a devil. Do you notice that when the woman came to Adam the first time, said, "Wow, God wants your marriage to be like wow. This is now the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bones." So it's God's idea, and it has made it good. Two. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Hallelujah. And then I'm, I'm going to add an addendum to this quickly. Before I say that, I'm going to add. Marriage is between a man and a woman. You write in the Bible, Genesis 2, verse 24. Say, for this reason, that's what God said. For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother. And shall cleave unto his wife. Marriage is not between man and man, woman and woman. It's not. Or man and animal. Today they are making, there are people marrying animals. They are people marrying dolls. Have you seen it before? They will marry, they, they will marry dolls. That's how debased the world has become. But we must know the original intent of the manufacturer. Second, I want to say about this is marriage is honorable in all, and the bed must be undefiled. It means you are not permitted to have premarital sex before marriage. Do you know today that there are churches that, that, that I'm, I'm serious, that will tell you have, you, have you, have you known her so that we don't have problem after marriage? So, so let's be sure that she can get pregnant. There are some counseling organizations today that insist that you must understand the sexual preference of each other so that you know. But God says in Hebrews 13 verse 4, Hallelujah. He says, marriage is honorable in all and the bed on the fire. But homemongers and adulterers, God. Do you know God judges people? He will judge. Hebrews 13. And verse 4, marriage is horrible. So I'm speaking tonight to someone like Suki. To someone like Remy, Ben, Cosmos. Who else in short again? Bro, Matthew, help me again. I don't know, patience. Let that never cross your mind. Know that it's against the will of God. Favor, treasure, and all the use. Alright. So note that in your spirit. That you must be chaste and holy before the Lord. Present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Ye have been bought with a price. First Corinthians 6, 10, 20, thereabout. So we must know that. This is the way we walk in the kingdom. We are not lawless people. We are people with laws, rules and principles. 
Free, quickly tonight. If marriage is God's idea, then God has a template. He has a manual. And the manual is the word of God. Four. God gave the man of the man his assignment, his work, before he helped me. Now, in the principle of marriage, God will always get the man working. That's why Paul said, if a man cannot feed his family, he's worse. So you cannot marry without you having something. It's against God. It's because it's good. Genesis 2. Let's turn there. Genesis 2. Quickly. This is God's idea. This is, this is God's template. Because it saves you a whole lot of stress. It's when sometimes you can't meet up your, as a man that friction and tension starts arising in the home. When it comes to your basic um, manly or husbandly responsibility. Let me show you just or two. Let's see verse 15. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm, I'm into. 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him where? In the garden of Eden. To do what? To dress it. So that's the work. He was dressing it. It's because the dressing was too enormous for him that he can't dress it alone. In fact, he can do it alone. But he needed someone to take care of him when he comes back. Oh, my husband, rub his head, kissing, caressing, helping rest, make food for him. So while he's working, he's not thinking of food again. That's when God is eating. It is not good that the man be alone. So God's principle is this church. God will give the man a work. So the first thing you do as a single is get a work. No matter how small. Now, I'm not saying go and get one working shelf or shelf or anything. No, no, no. No matter how small, get something. That small thing will be like a seed that will become, that will bring something great. But never sit idle. Don't stay at home. If there's no work, don't do it. Go and join yourself with someone who is working and go out. It's when you are out that you find that there's an opportunity. It will come to you in your room. Don't stay with phone. Don't stay with laptop. Go somewhere. God is always willing to give you the man something. Now, notice I said again, it need not be a big job, but something that you are doing that can be like a point of what? Of contact with something great. God will always give you something. Find it and do it. Five. God also set order in the home. Man is the head. The woman is the support or helper. And this should never be, this role should never be interrupted for any reason. First Corinthians 11, turn there with me tonight. First Corinthians 11, verse 3, please. Read for me, man. I'll read just that scripture. I have others tonight, but I won't go to those words. First Corinthians 11, read for me, verse 3. But I will have you know. Hold on now. I will have you know. That the head of every man. Hold on, man. Hold on, man. I will have you know. That means, I want to inform you of the mind of God. 
This has nothing to do with your opinion. It is not your suggestion. It's not your opinion. It's not your idea. It's God's. I will have you know that what? That the head of every man, the head of Christ, every man is Christ. And the head of the woman. And the head of the woman is the man. Is the man and the head of Christ. And the head of Christ is God. Even Christ's head is God. So this is the order. Don't lose up it. That's the order. So in the home, ma, you are not the head. Don't talk like you are the head. Don't act like you are the head. Don't behave. Don't give attitude like you are the head. Don't live presumptuously like you are the head. Man, don't act like you are not the head. Take charge. Be the priest. Now, being head doesn't mean that you shout, Hey, you want me? No, 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 that's my head. Head is, you can see danger coming from a thousand miles in the spirit and make provision to take care of it. That's the head. The head means you can, you can, you can intercede. Do you know that Bible says Abraham prayed for his wife? That's the head. Isaac prayed for his wife. And you know, every time the father prays for, his, for their wives, God always hears. So what is the head is the, is, the, is, the, is the consciousness of your priestly role, not dishing out instructions, order, like 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 a court building. Order, order. You are not a lawgiver. You are a law follower. The head that God says is not giving order or taking authority and, and commanding and becoming a terror in the house. No. Is being able to stand in your place in the spirit. Like Abraham did. Like Isaac did. Like Peter did. Do you know it was Peter that orchestrated Christ coming to his house? And when he came there, he healed his mother-in-law. It was, it was Peter, you know... We don't know how it happened, but Peter actually was the one that orchestrated the, the entry of Jesus into his house. Can you, sir, as a man, bring Jesus in your home? Can you create an atmosphere for the Lord that is the head? Amen. So when you hear the word husband's head, it's not authority. It's not, this food is not sweet. No, no. What did you, did, did you buy Maggie? You know when you said the food is not sweet? Did you, what? Some of you, the money you gave is the money to buy Ajinomoto. You expect the food to be sweet like, like, like you buy no or chicken or beef. No. Let's love. Let's take. Pray for our wives. Pray for our children. One of the things Lord told me to start doing in the morning, call my wife, my children, and bless them, and pray for them, and commend them to God. I'll start doing that. I'm just telling you what the Lord told me to do. That's what it means to take authority, to be the head. Amen. I hope this is clear. And I want all parents, all fathers, pray for your wives. Let your children see you pray for them. Let your wife see you pray. You know, when you pray a lot, it will be hard for you to do badly. Because you remember that to woman, I will pray again. No. 
So you put that thing in your pocket. So every bird you are bringing for the pocket, you put it back in the pocket. It helps you stay conscious of your role. So pray. That's what it means that man is the head. So that's the order. So man is the head. The woman is the helper. Please don't stop it. Amen. And I said earlier on, God increased the woman to go to the house and work. I don't care how people feel. It's God's word. One reason there are problems in the home is because the woman is not around. As the man is running, she is running. And the children are exposed and become vulnerable. So, Christian women, Christian mothers are meant to take care of the children. How do I know that? You find that in, in Titus. So let the women love their husbands and do what? Take care of their home and their family. As a will of God. Quickly, before our time tonight. Six, husbands are to so love their wives. I love this. Please, man, read for me Ephesians 5, 20, 33. 33. Ephesians 5, 33. If God has, has any knowledge of diction, or English, or grammar, or words, this was important. This is 33. Ephesians 5. Nevertheless, Nevertheless let everyone okay. you. No. 32. This is a great mystery. Okay, no, I'm. Um, there's, there's. Okay, read it. Read it three for me. Yes. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular. In particular. So love his wife. Hold on, that I'm going to. So love his wife. Do you know what that means? Young men, listen. When you marry, you are to so love your wife. Some me, some me that say so love. You see, you cannot eat when they're not eating. Your money is for them. It's not for you. So point six is that you are to so love your wife. So you know what you're entering before you start it. The moment you marry, your affection and love is only for her. She must satisfy you. Everything she has must satisfy you. So love. In fact, if I were you, I would take a deeper study of that word, so love. You know, that's how men train. That's how we learn in God. Some things you see, you want to take a deeper look at what that means. So, so love. Seven, women are to submit with affection to their own husbands only. I've said that enough. Only. So women, you are not to submit to every other man. You are to honor your pastor. Obey your pastor, but honor and submit only to your husband. Let no pastor call you at night. Anyway, I can't do that. Because I had an issue where they said a pastor will call another pastor's wife at night. telling them that I'm lonely. I'm feeling, what kind of is that? It happens. Pastor calling pastor's wife, calling church member while he's married. That, that, where are you? I'm, I'm lonely. And that will be saying, Pastor, be lonely. And, and then they'll be talking sexual things. Any, any, any member of the. Of, no, it, it, it won't happen. It can't happen. So then we'll go there. So it's, it's only your husband that you what? You submit to. Don't. Now, now that was submit means you defer to. I said, honor your pastor. Respect your pastor and follow God's instruction in his mouth. 
as it relates to the word. But never be cowed when he's beating you with the toga of a pastor. When it happens, remove the veil of a pastor from him and tell him, Sir, you are wrong. Sometimes it's masked with justice. And once you see that, they, they will not come again. No, they will do to you. They will apologize. Doesn't mean you leave the church. But if you persist, anyways, it can't happen in our church. I'm just telling somebody who is not in our church, listen to me. It can't happen in our church by the grace of God. When, when, you, when you unveil, when you remove the master from inside, the, the, the master is that color. Pull the color out and say, Man, you are wrong. He will stop those, those evil advancements. Hallelujah. This is not a rule that should be applied, that should be mentioned in the house of God. So, so wives, please take note. Young women, take note. Don't let the choir master take advantage of you. Do you know today in Hollywood, the reason there's so much promiscuity is because everybody wants to feature in major movies. So to feature those movies, you must, you must, you must condescend to have affairs with them. Sometimes in church, to be put in position, you must see the pastor. You must say, no, no, don't do that. Those positions are not worth what the consequences are. Stay chaste. Stay holy. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband. Ephesians 5.22. Number eight. It takes, this is carefully, everybody, it takes the contribution of the husband and the wife contribution to bring about a godly home. So the two must be seen to be pulling towards the same direction. Have you seen this people that, that, that does boat rowing in, in sports? The robot. Do you notice that they roll that boat symmetrically? The rhythm, the timing, the pace is always the same. You know the, the people that, 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 that are called tone deaf. They always dance off key, off tone. They are singing hymn. We are playing hymn. God be praised. God, you know, we are singing holy, holy. They are dancing like, 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 like they're hearing rock music. You know, I mean, I mean, they don't understand. There's no, there's no symmetry, there's no synergy. People rowing those boats, they row it in the same tandem. Listen, husband and wife, you and your wife must be going on the same tandem, same direction. For, for the boat of your marriage to sail. If you, if you are pulling in different directions, you will just pull yourselves apart. And when the foundation of the world is destroyed, there is nothing even the righteous can do. I hope this is clear tonight. So, husband, make sure. Wife, determine. Sit together tonight. Two of you sit down and say, ah, my husband and wife, I want us to make, to have a home like God. Let's, let's move in the same. Any man shall come and forgive me. If you see me do anything, correct me. Make, make decisions for you to be able to correct one or each other. The first person that can correct you is your wife or your husband. Don't see that insult. But women, too, when you're correcting them, correct them in what? In law. Galatians says, if you find those who are who who who, who are in fault, let's turn it tonight. 
Let's one day. Galatians 6, everybody. For this is he. Everybody, Galatians 6, verse 1. Please read, man. Brethren, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, yes. restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Yes. Considering that thou, yes. let thou also be tempted. Lord, that means you correct in the spirit, so the spirit of what? Meekness. Because you too are prone to making errors on yourself. So no one is error proof. So when we fall in error, we assess in what? In meekness. And how do you do it? Most likely at night. When both of you are in bed. Meekness. Um, tonight, I'll just run through the remaining three. Christian marriage is the only one in the light in Christ. Let me see it again. The only way God and Jesus can showcase their love to the world is through Christian marriage. I'm telling you the truth. And God is depending on your marriage to show His love and His light. Can you imagine? I don't even know why God will put that kind of body or that kind of expectation on man. Man, he knows that I fail. But he believes that you can be faithful. That's why he has given you. So I and my wife, we are starting to be the light and the Lord. So when men see us, it's easier for them to know God. So, sir, Christian marriage is the only one in the light. In Christ. So God wants to showcase. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now thanks be unto God. Who always causes us to triumph in Christ. And through us. Through our marriage. Through our business. Through our life. Through our school. Through our study. Through our everything. Through us diffuses. Now, the word diffuse means something going from a region of, 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 of lower concentration to a higher one. That's diffusion. Through us, diffuses the fragrance of his word, his knowledge, his truth in every place. Hallelujah. So, as husband and wife, don't walk apart. Don't walk one mile, one mile apart from yourself when you are walking on the road. When you're driving in the car, don't do face like 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 a, a sledgehammer has been used on your head. You know when you're driving in the car, they do mm, mm, everybody knows that. Ah, counting the law. Smile to yourself. Touch her, but don't touch her to the point that you forget traffic lights. And know they don't call me. Say, Pastor, you say we touch. I'm touching and the lights too red. I didn't know. Mm-mm. Touch her and still be watching the traffic lights. Let the police will know that this was her husband and wife in Christ. Don't, don't be strong-faced when you are in the car, when you are walking with your wife. Let your light so shine before men. This is God's expectation for marriage. Number 10. If marriage is, is God's idea, then definitely he has a plan. And the plan is one, to mirror him, his love, his harmony, and his peace to the world. Ephesians 5.32 Lastly tonight. 
to cause and raise a platform for redemption by raising godly offspring. All the plans of God is to is, is through us raise godly offspring for the purpose of redemption of the gospel. That's why Samuel and Eli failed. May you not fail in your home. I pray for you tonight that God will teach you beyond what I'll be able to teach tonight. You will see the word of God. As you go over these words yourself, the Lord will open your eyes to see great mysteries in the world. God wants us to have a happy, harmonious, peaceful, joyful home. But everything wants us to do has been inverted in the word of God. So I want you to go over these points again. Uh, um, the points have been highly, have been well, well highlighted in the, in, the, in, in the group chat. Go over it with the scriptures and pray that God help me that I may be able to fulfill these requirements in your word. And I pray that God will build us in our various homes with strength, with love, and with grace. Shall we pray? Father, thank you tonight for the word. We've eaten your word again tonight. It's a sumptuous and lovely meal. Cause it to digest and nourish our bodies and make us healthy in your will and in your word. I pray for everyone that has me tonight. You've heard my voice. I pray that God will give you strength to go over these things again. Like the Berean Christians, you go over it again and check if these things were so. And if they are so, the grace will be doers. For it's the doers that are blessed, not hearers. I pray tonight for you to be a doer of the word. God bless your home. His peace will, will reign. His countenance shall manifest. His joy shall ever be seen. Thank you, Father. You grow us together. As we see the day approach, we'll live by your word and your precepts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Changing my heart, correcting my goals, healing all things, and making us whole. The world is changing us. The world is correcting our hearts and our goals. Healing all things. Making us whole. Your word. It's on tonight. The Lord says, I'm the healer. I heal that home. I will heal the home. I will heal the home. I will cause the stony heart to be removed. And the heart of flesh shall come. By the work of my spirit, there shall be divine restoration. Divine restoration. Divine replacement. Divine amendment. It shall come. Don't lose hope and say, Wherein shall this happen? It shall happen by the faith of God. You amend the home and cause your joy again to return by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening tonight. We appreciate all our listeners who are not part of our church family. We appreciate you. We meet every Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday, and Sundays online. Sundays is 9 a.m.
and, and every weekday, eight to nine, nine, ten, sometimes as, 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 as we're able to go. I want to appreciate you and say to you, thank you for tuning in. If this word has blessed you, why not share with more people? Share it with them. It costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. Share. Just send the link. You know, just tell them, listen, one hour of your day, I believe you'll be blessed. If it has blessed you, then you have a testimony. That's, the, that's a witness. Hallelujah. I also please prepare for our outreach. Go forth out. Invite people to come. It's your responsibility. Do not hold on until all things are consummated and done in the Lord. God bless with you tonight in Jesus' name. See you tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. Friday. Or I see you on Saturday. And have a great day tomorrow. A day full of the word. Full of the spirit. So I want to encourage everybody tonight. Go back again and review these words. Review your notes. Read them and pray. The Lord will give you strength to be a doer of these things. Good night, everybody. God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.